This time I see another day in the dark won't change the way I feel. This is real. Welcome to the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts. While Dr. Nicola is a psychotherapist and certified life coach, a podcast is a one-way street. So please consider this podcast for inspirational purposes only. If you feel you have mental health needs, please seek a professional therapist so that you might find your own mental wellness. So um, the topic of the day is working with depression. And I'm assuming that means you have depression. So how do you hold a job while you have depression? Or do you mean working with depression, like trying to work through it? Um, trying, well, I was going to do depression and anxiety that they go hand in hand, but, mm-hmm. um, trying to balance like self and family and work. Awesome. Um, okay. Yeah. And, um, while dealing with depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and for some people it'd be and, or, um, right. but some people, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. it's, um, very, very interesting, but. Um, not major depression where people are to the brink of suicidal thoughts and so forth, mm-hmm. but people who are more, um, not borderline, uh, I mean, borderline, but not bipolar, not right. extreme highs, extreme lows, but just that, you know, like you're, um, you're what they call a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, so functioning mental health, you know, right. um, you might get like really sad sometimes and you don't want to be around people, but if they do come around, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Or, um, the anxiety associated with positivity, like, um, I got a new job and it's, it's a good job. I can't believe I got this job. So you have some anxiety about starting, although everyone else that hired you felt as though you were fully qualified, you're still a little bit anxious right. and how, how, how to balance that, um, with everything on in your life. Cause sometimes people are, are depressed or, um, anxious about things. They can't function. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't, their, you know, self-care goes out the window, uh, taking care of family goes out the window and then it affects, you know, how you perform at work. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that more functioning aspect of depression and anxiety right. and balancing it. And I guess as we progress with this podcast, um, you know, with, uh, I, I don't think it affected you, but the, uh, the gasoline pipeline that ruptured or whatever, and was like spilling out gasoline for weeks. And then they decided, Oh, I guess we've got to fix it. So then, um, my mom was very stressed out about the fact that we, you know, like a lot of the gas stations had plastic bags over their pump handles and you couldn't get gas. So that gave her anxiety. Um, then when the, uh, the shooting happened in Charlotte, the police officer and the, um, I can't remember the man's name, but anyway, once that happened and then the protests that first night turned violent with, uh, riots, setting things on fire, blocking traffic on the interstate and those things, um, even though they are temporary, those things can sometimes turn you into a tailspin. And it certainly affected my mom and a bunch of other people. I, I have friends that live downtown Charlotte. And um, I also have friends that uh, work at the different banking institutions that, you know, were just saying, hey, don't even come in tomorrow. It's bad. So, you know, when, when it's almost like you, you have that, you're a functioning, um, you know, you have depression or anxieties and you're functioning and then something like that pushes you over the edge. And how do you convince yourself um, this is temporary? Right, exactly. Um, and sometimes that's difficult to do because there's a lot of people who can't see the end of things. Mm-hmm. And when you surround yourself with people who think the way you do, they're caught up in that anxiety, they're caught up with um, the traumas, they're caught up with um, uh, hopelessness and mm-hmm. helplessness of trying to figure out what to do. So they can't encourage you and they can't help and support you. Uh, and that's why it's important to kind of know where um, internally you can turn things on and off and know how, um, you know, how they affect you. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes with their anxiety of what's, what, you know, with what's going on, you know, kind of builds them up. They forget that they have to live, that they have to go to work the next day mm-hmm. and go to work in order to take care of their family. Um, their family is even, it's, you know, that family that they created is bigger than what it is that they're fighting. And so I think, you know, maybe finding some productive ways to deal with things that, mm-hmm. that make you sad mm-hmm. um, will be helpful. Um, I think when we're 
Um, when we're protesting, it's one thing. Um, mm-hmm. You figure out a healthy way, productive way to do that. Um, when you're rioting, that's something totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, because not only do you have that anxiety that goes with why you're rioting and rioting in the first place, now you have consequences to your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, you know, that could be deadly. Um, mm-hmm. And then cause even more problems. So uh, people have to think, uh, what do they call it, group think in a positive way. Right. Um, a lot of people do that in a negative, you know, it doesn't take the one person to rile up a whole right. um, slew of people and next thing you know, we got all kind of uh, issues and no one to defend them. They're just mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to figure out a productive way to deal with some of these things that we have going on in society. Um, they really do mess up with, with you know, our sense of normalcy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I can't tell you how many times I've turned on television and it's just literally every time throwing me for a loop. Yeah. I'm sitting going, I can't believe I'm still watching this. Um, yeah. It can be about anything. It's just, you know, it's overwhelming. I did a, um, a paper once about, um, you know, who determines what is and what is not normal. Mm-hmm. You know, who makes the right decision and what's a sensible decision and Right. determine what is and, and you know is not something sensible so it's very interesting um, but people often pull from what they know mm-hmm. uh, what they learn and when they don't have anything to hold on to then they will pull from whoever is giving them information and if that information is negative information uh, then that's what they're going to pull from right uh, you know sometimes I watch people especially you know so sad in politics and people repeat things that they've heard and they don't have anything to support that, I actually heard a lady in the interview say, "Nope, I don't have anything supported. Don't back it up, but that's what I believe." <laughs> right. Just yeah, nothing to back it up, nothing to support it. I have no idea where it came from. I don't need proof. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's how I feel. <laughs> Those people are normally very loud, and yeah, but and, but it's just firing blanks and and causing chaos, which is sad. I think some people thrive upon that chaos. They derive power and self-importance from being able to stir people up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've accused me of this before, and so is Merlange, and you both are right. I'm going to quote a movie. It reminded <laughs> me, what you were saying, it reminded me of that quote from 12 Monkeys, which is the old Bruce Willis time travel flick. There is no right, there is no wrong, there's only popular opinion. So when you were talking about the paper, trying to define what is normal, what is abnormal, that's mm-hmm. really tough, because times have changed. Uh, I watch TV shows on Netflix that are uh, BBC-created uh, shows like Victorian era and, and not the Downton Abbey, but um, some other kind of cool sci-fi shows, but still period pieces, different world. So, I mean, really the norm is always changing. Is it not? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it's, it's um, yeah. And unfortunately our, our norms today, uh, you know, our norms today would not be accepted in the past, but they also would work for right. the past. So it's like what, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's really sad because we're progressing, but we're not. Right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <so> yeah. <laughs> if, if if our enlightenment could catch up with our technology, I think we'd be exactly. okay. But it's good luck yeah. with that because everybody's too distracted by our technology to grow. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, like, I was just thinking this morning, you know, about your topic, uh, working with depression and/or anxiety. You know, like the moderate side of things, and. I know in times past um, where my workload was really, really heavy and I was under the gun and I was really taking on too much, as freelancers often do. And I remember uh, one time in particular, it was a rough shoot as a music video. And there was just so much discord in certain places. Uh, Parts of it, I mean, like, really, it was just uh, this one particular member of the crew that was just... He he thought that he knew better than everybody else. So he was an obstacle. But I remember when I was editing and I was under the gun, I had to hurry up and get this thing done so it was ready for broadcast. And I, this guy's voice kept playing in my head. But it wasn't just what he had to say to me on the set. It was any other kind of just negative thought. Suddenly it had his voice applied to it. And I really had to work to get that out of my head and do that positive affirmation where I'm not second guessing myself along the way and slowing the whole process down. So is that something you encounter a lot with people who have, you know, some uh, depression and anxiety? 
Yes, um, that goes with, um, I wouldn't necessarily say confidence, but it definitely goes with the ability to see yourself and your abilities um, mm -hmm. for what they are. Um, people often second guess themselves, sometimes from you know negative outside influences, sometimes mm -hmm. from past things. Mm -hmm. I was watching... Um, a little movie, <laughs> a little movie the other day, and uh, trying to think of the name of it. Um, it had, uh, I, I think it was The Rock in it. Yeah. Um, but when he was little, he was a fat kid. Oh yeah. And he became like a CIA agent. Right, right. And he was like you know still the sweet guy, but you know big and strong and tough. Right. But there was just a scene where he looked into the reflection, and he saw the fat kid. Right. Um, and no matter what, you know, how his life was going or whatever, he's still, you know, it's like the voice right. you hear in your head. If I'm right. still that that kid who has low self-esteem for whatever reason. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that happens very often. Either somebody else putting negative things in your head or you have your own, you know, negative thoughts and so forth or mm -hmm. um, just something in the past. It's, a, it's very difficult to put things into good context when you are doing well when you feel as though you haven't done well in the past. And sometimes mm -hmm. we ask ourselves, do we deserve what we're getting, the positivity that's going on? Right. Do we deserve it? And so we um, will sometimes, um, what do you call it, self-fulfilling prophecy? <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I always tell people, don't speak that out to the universe. Uh, yeah. It just may happen. Or other people would say, be careful what you ask for. Right. Um, it, yeah. You know, it's... it's it, Sometimes it's just self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there anything else you can, uh, you know, just as far as, like, starting your day? Is there a good way to kind of um, start your day so that you, I don't know, are a little more optimistic? Because, uh, like, you know, what we said, uh, I've probably said it on just about every podcast. Sometimes if you are in that negative mindset, what, whatever. I mean, chip on the shoulder all the way to, you know, I'm having a really bad day. Then people may say comments that really don't, they don't mean it to be negative. They mean it to be positive or they're trying to help you out or whatever. But it's whatever you hear is this negative force coming in. It's just like one more thing, you know? And right. um, so, you know, do you start off with like, you know, prayer meditation? Do you start off with like exercise? I know a lot of um, successful people say that, you know, they meditate and then hit the gym and then, you know, that's before they show up at work at seven o'clock or whatever. I mean, you know, what are some different things? Yeah. I mean, um, I have, you know, one of my best friends who does yoga and meditation, she does that and, um, have her tea in the morning, every morning before mm -hmm. she gets up and get about and do anything regardless mm -hmm. of what time she gets up. Um, and I don't know for some people that's very difficult to do. Um, but what I what I look at, um, I like to walk before I do anything. This is something I do personally. Mm -hmm. What it does for me is give me a sense of accomplishment for the day. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, you know, being a former Marine, I used to work out for exercise and stay in shape. And um, now it's just for um, for mental peace. Um, right. Sometimes when you go throughout the day, and some people get to that day and they say, you know, one bad thing keeps happening after another. They just want to go to bed. They can't believe, you know, how this day is going. Mm -hmm. But if you start your day with what you can control, like you can go for a walk mm -hmm. or you can you know, ride your bike or you can do some sit-ups, you can do something, for, you just have your own special cup of tea or cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Do something special for your for yourself that makes you feel positive. Mm -hmm. um, then you at least have something to reflect back on. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's that's you know what helps me. If I could get half of my ten thousand steps in in the morning, then I feel a sense of accomplishment no matter what happens throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Yeah, and then and and that's why I do it. And you know, people will do certain things for different reasons. But I think if you start that, you start your day and you make it positive, mm -hmm. then the, rest of the day will go better because you have to have something to reflect back on. You mm -hmm. have to. Um, and you have to find out what's, you know, what's best for you. I think people with pets, I read a study that people with pets, um, if they like pets, of course, right. <laughs> uh, they have a more positive outlook on life and they have a better day because they have a sense of responsibility to something in the morning before they leave. Before mm -hmm. I, leave, I have to take the dog out or I have to feed the dog or I have to take care of the cat or I've got, you know, people living on farms that take care of their animals. They have to give of themselves to someone else or something else that makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. um, so 
start their day out day off well, knowing that they're appreciated. Right. Um, and so, I mean, that's I think that's one thing to do. But I also believe in you know if you've got depending on where you work, thirty minutes to an hour um, break during the day. And mm-hmm. sometimes people get through the day and they don't want to eat. I always encourage people to have lunch. Um, but if you can't do that, I do encourage people to take that break. Whether mm-hmm. you can go sit in your car, whether you can go for a walk, you go to the break room, whatever you're going to do, go do something that eases your mind for the rest of the day so you go back to work refreshed. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like, you know, talking up, you know, you had a stressful day and you've gotten off work and you're rushing to get to someplace at 4.30 that closes at 5 <laughs> and the service people have had a hard day too, right? And so you had a hard day, you got 30 minutes for you guys close and they're like going off on you. <laughs> Because <laughs> they better okay. I highly encourage people, especially if you're dealing with people, take a break during the day. Yeah. Take a break and, you know, really relieve your stress. So, uh, special people to work in certain jobs, but you have to just uh, recognize where your strengths are. So, some people like high stress jobs, that's fine. Uh, eventually, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. So, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And same thing at the end of the day um, leave work at work. I cannot tell you how many people, especially therapists, have come home <laughs> after work, get up and worked three or four more hours. Like, right. what, what are you doing? What mm-hmm. are you doing? So the next day, if somebody's complaining about how you seem to be really, you know, um, uh, you know, snap at them and and uh, impatient with them, it's because you never really left. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you never, you know, you never took a break. Um, so you have to break up your day. I think there's something you need to do in the morning. If you can do it morning, afternoon, and evening, that is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you definitely have to do something either to start your day or end your day or break your day up. You've got to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. Uh, I've worked for myself since I guess it was '94, somewhere in there, at '95, and so um, there's been plenty of times where I just I couldn't let go of something I would feel like I've got to finish this today instead of thinking okay you know what it's five o'clock supper time I'm gonna you know I've I've accomplished a lot today and let that be my satisfaction and then just know that tomorrow I'll start fresh but there there were plenty of times where I just couldn't leave work behind and I would read articles on how to deal with that and one guy who worked out of his house would actually go out to his car drive around the block and then park around around the uh the other side of you know like the house or whatever so he could go in um through a different door go into his home office and act as though okay i've commuted now i'm at work it's time to work and then he would do the same thing at the end of the day and i tried that and uh, it just i don't know there were still times where i just could not let it go it was that workaholic side of my brain i guess and um it, but it took a lot for me to to come to the piece that okay you know what it's five o'clock five thirty I'm done. My clients can all wait. I'll talk to them tomorrow. And, you know, unless it was a tight deadline, but it's tough sometimes to let that stuff go. And especially if you've had a day, um, you know, as we're discussing, you know, where people have come against you or maybe you did something wrong and, you know, like you exported the entire movie. It took two hours and it was in the wrong format. What? So (laughs) that's happened to me before. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It was, it's not standard def. It was supposed to be high def. So anyway, but it happens. And then you have to just, you know, go back and because and, it's one click. And a lot of things happen with our, our advanced technology. It's one click. And you've sent this tweet that that's not exactly what you meant. Or you send it to the wrong person or you, I don't know, you, you um, your spell check didn't function right. So then you're, something's off when something that you have a proposal. So yeah, a lot of times tech fails you. Yeah. Uh, and you have to think about those things too. I always think when things, if you spend a lot of time doing something and you've got it wrong, mm-hmm. uh, you need to take step, step away from it. Just right. take a break from it and <laughs> right. uh, start over. Cause you know, you're not going to get it right now because now you have anxiety and you have frustration <laughs> right. about it. And, you know, you're just kind of angry, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're doing a scary movie, I don't know if that might work. But otherwise, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, take a break and get started at it, you know. Yeah. Next day. But you, you've got to know when to walk away and when to take a break. Mm-hmm. And you've got to know when something that you're doing is negatively affecting you. Because if it's, a, it's, a, it's a negatively affecting you, then it's probably affecting how you deal with other people as well. So. Oh, definitely. 
So for, you know, you have some people, let me go back to um, people who suffer uh, anxiety and depression, um, I could say even more moderately, like how they manage their days is, um, just to answer that question, is routine. Just being consistent with what is a good routine for you to make you feel um, healthier and more positive. Everyone has their go-to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, you know. I have my uh, caramel mocha go-to coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's one of those days, I'm having, co- well, okay, if it's a good day or a bad day, I'm going to have that coffee. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but right. you know, that go-to thing that makes you feel good. <laughs> you know, whether it's reading a book, whether it's, you know, um, you know, sitting out you know, on a lake or sitting by a pond or doing mm. exercise, yoga, uh, meditation, whatever it is um, that, you know, calms you down and helps put you in a, a healthier mindset. Mm-hmm. Um that's what you have to do. And um, I think when we start talking about balancing, um, you know, that's for self-care. But when you start talking about balancing work and your family, you really do have to listen to the feedback of other people. Because some people, if they love you, they will tell you. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll say things like, why are you talking to me like that? Right. <laughs> why are you speaking to me in that tone? Why right. are you yelling? Um, why do you seem so angry? Why are you not talking to me? Um, yeah. you know, why do you seem to have an attitude? And if they really, really love you, they said, "Why do you have that look on your face?" You know, <laughs> so they can tell if you know if something is wrong. And so mm-hmm. you, instead of you coming back with, "I don't have a look on my face," "I don't have an attitude," "I'm not right. using my voice," um, you have to think about you know what it is you're really doing. And by doing that, you think about what it is you're really feeling. Because what you're saying is really is that I don't want to have an attitude. I hope you cannot see on my face how I truly feel. And stuff, you know? But, you know, when they say that to you, you've got to recognize that, okay, so I'm not hiding this very well. Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of go and, and deal with whatever's going on inside or open up and share that with someone, you know, who can help you, you mm-hmm. know, someone that you care about. Um, so you can, you know, help calm yourself down because we often take it out on other people when we're dealing with things mm-hmm. uh, that we can't manage. A lot of times we're not managing things because we're ignoring them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's the same thing as a heart attack. A heart attack is a whole lot of chest pains and back pain <laughs> and neck pain that you have ignored and now it's a heart attack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, there were absolutely no signs. Well, yeah, there were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were you just didn't, you know. It's like, um, I have a headache and all, you know, you know, everything hurts. Right. Um, but then you have a heart attack and you're shocked. I was feeling so healthy. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, our body talks to us and tells us lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just one of those things you have to listen to what other people are saying to you and, and their feedback and their response to you and um, kind of see what you're actually really displaying. And that'll tell you whether or not you're really managing what you think you're managing as well as you think you're managing it. Mm-hmm. Because I found with positivity, um, which is awesome, but on the other hand, you can say it is a great day, but if mm-hmm. everything is going to crap, your <laughs> mind, deep subconscious is going, you know what? Uh, you're in denial. And then it does show up on your face. And that's where people are like, okay, so what's wrong? I don't know. I'm having a great day. No, no I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. So, yeah. but you know, you, you, um, you know, I think it's important to, you got to recognize that in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and sometimes when people don't respond to you, you have to see how bad is your day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first you, you get up in the morning and then you know, you're going at it with your kids and you're fussing. And I just need to get out of here and get to work. And you go to work and you and your supervisor, you know, having at it. Then one of your coworkers and, you know, you guys are going at it. Then a coworker that you really like, you guys get along really well. You guys mm-hmm. are going at it. Um, <laughs> and you decide, you know, I need to take a break. And you go to 7-Eleven and you get some coffee or whatever. And then you, you know, you're angry at the guy behind the counter. At some point. <laughs> Here <laughs> mm-hmm. and go. Okay, what am I doing? Right. What am I doing? What's going on with me? Yeah, uh, yeah. And because uh, people have a tendency, um, especially when you have anxiety, you have a tendency to blame other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's their fault. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. Right. Um, yeah. Which you know, I, that's. They, oh, go ahead. No, I said because they didn't do anything, then they can't fix whatever it right. is. You know, they don't know it's broken. And then you're just blaming everyone else because you can't fix that one thing. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just yourself. What's that personal accountability that everybody needs to embrace, but too many people deny? And then, like you say, I mean, there's no fixing, you know, you're aiming at everybody else when it's just you. And I, I, I know um, there are some days that will just start off um, frustrating, and then I just grow an ugly tree all day long. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break, and I'm going to figure out what, start this, you know, what, what started this whole cavalcade of, of uh, anxiety and frustration. And usually it's something that really was, you know, like, I don't know, the, the dog wasn't taken out and there's poop on your floor. And, mm-hmm. But that's, that's not a good way to start your day. But it is just a mechanical thing and you just clean it up and, you know, so, and you move forward. But sometimes it's just something, you know, you find a new dent in your car or whatever. And then the next thing is someone cuts you off in traffic and it, it grows from there. Right. Exactly. I think road rage was probably one of the first things where um, anxiety came to a head and people realized this was something that we were, as a society, ignoring. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, people drive weird and things happen. Right. If somebody chase you down, pull you over, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. And, you know, it's uh, there's a friend of mine who uh, he and his wife are watching this TV series, which is um, it, it's a well-rounded TV series. And it, but it's it's full of laughter and yet supernatural stuff or whatever. But at one part in I don't even know what season uh, he was telling me about it the other day, but he was saying that it got really dark and uh, one of the major characters died and everybody was dealing with their grief and it just got really heavy. And he was ready to, to keep on watching. And his wife said, I've had enough. I got to take a break. So to be able to know when you've had enough, it's almost like, you know, if you're not an alcoholic, then you can say, wow, I've had enough wine, I've had enough beer, uh, whatever, and it's time for me to stop. But sometimes when we're binge watching movies or we're reading a book and uh, different external influences will start to just seep inside and we we have to be wise enough to say, okay, that's, I've had enough. I'm going to watch something funny. I'm going to watch Mr. Rogers or Sesame Street or whatever your break is, right? And, um, but when it comes down to commuting to work, you are dependent on that job. And so your drive in, you, you have to learn how to deal with idiots on the road that can't drive. And sometimes that's you and I'm pointing the finger at me. You know what I mean? Because I can do stupid crap too. Like what? Wait a minute. I I didn't mean to cut you off. And then later on I'll get cut off and I'm like, I guess that's just coming back at me. But you know, you can, at the end of the day, you can get tired of trying everybody else's shoes on, you know, like I, I'm going to, you know, write that off as you weren't paying attention or you're having a bad day or whatever. But yeah, there's just some things that you're going to have to learn how to deal with. So what, how do you deal with like a commute or a specific aspect of your job or any other relationship that is vital for your survival um, that is bringing you depression and anxiety? How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, That's a very, those are very good questions actually. Um, uh, One, the whole thing about the drive, um, driving to me is like um, having a loaded weapon Um, Mm -hmm. because you hurt yourself or hurt someone in the car. And I've always told people, if you have, okay, if you're going to a job that gives you um, anxiety because um, either you don't think you're up to par or you're always um, anxious about the job, you don't think you're you know, doing the job you're supposed to be doing, you're getting negative criticism, you can't get along with your peers, can't get along with, you know, it's just a bad vibe. Mm-hmm. And you have to do a long drive to get there. I always tell people, look for another job because that job is going to be there and you're probably doing better than you think and it's going to be productive, but you are dangerous with those negative emotions Mm -hmm. behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. And I have seen people have accidents driving to and from jobs that they have so much anxiety Mm -hmm. about job because you now cannot concentrate on the road so that for me that's a tricky one because it's like how do you deal with that i say leave that job Mm -hmm. um that's how that's how you deal with the anxiety on the road um when you know when you're when you have a commute if the anxiety is about the commute that's the same thing you have to leave the job and or move Mm -hmm. so that you're not so you don't have the commute either change jobs or move so you don't have a commute but if the anxiety is about the job and you have long commute <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like that's a you know that's a problem yeah um, 
but back to dealing with, um, you know, feelings of anxiety or depression when you have family that's relying on you, you have to really sit down and figure out what's causing your anxiety and what causing what's causing your depression. Now, like I said, we didn't want to talk about clinical depression in that sense, because there are some forms of depression that you cannot fix or change by doing something more productive, mm-hmm. no matter how productive you are, no matter, you know, uh, what you do to calm yourself, it's not going to change because those people need uh, anti-anxiety meds. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about the people who have um, anxiety when starting a new job. You know, mm-hmm. how do you get that, that, you know, you, so you've gone to the interview and you were anxious, you did well on in the interview, they hired you, it's your first week at work and you're like, I don't know as much as they think I know. Um, so what do I do? Well, you put your all in all in all to it. You put yourself out there. You learn as much as you can learn. Um, you do some relaxation techniques in the morning, whether it's walking or reading a book, having tea, eat breakfast, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you're not sick and have a headache on top of your anxiety. Right. You know, <laughs> take care of yourself. Take a bottle of water with you. Keep yourself hydrated. Keep your physical self taken care of mm-hmm. so that all you have to deal with is your mental self. There's nothing like having anxiety and then going, and I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. And I'm thirsty. Right. <laughs> and I'm tired, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, you know, because you start saying, am I even performing the way I'm supposed to perform? Because I'm really tired and sleepy and hungry and it's it's overwhelming. So um, when it comes to, to, you know, that self-care, dealing with yourself when you have normal anxiety, if you have anxiety before starting a job that you're fully qualified for, you're probably going to have anxiety whenever you've got to do a presentation, whenever mm-hmm. you've got to do one new Whenever you've got an interview for a promotion, I mean, the boss calls you in again, you're going to get a raise, you've got anxiety before that. So, you know, you have to figure out a way to, you know, calm yourself. And then I always tell people, don't let anything you do be the last thing that you can do, right? Mm-hmm. So, I always think, well, if it doesn't go the way I want it to go, then I have, you know, plan A, B, C, and D. Right. You know, and, and always keep a plan. I was so excited with my daughter talked to one of her grandmoms yesterday and said, uh, so I'm no longer joining the Air Force. And mom's like, why not? Everybody's joining the military. Because I had a full-time job, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, and to hear her say to her grandma, um, the military, it's great, but that was my plan B. Right. And I was like, she was listening yeah. You know, it's, it's plan B, it's not to plan A, you know, so you have to have it. Mm-hmm. You have to have a plan B, a plan C. And um, that's the same thing when people apply for a job, they fall in love with this company, they really want the job. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what other jobs did you apply for? None. This one, this is what I want. Okay, right. find something similar to that and apply to those two. Right. You know, um, so <laughs> just, that, that big thing is not putting all your eggs in one basket. Don't right. do that. Right. You know, may drop that basket and, and then you have nothing. Right. <laughs> so that you know, that's the <laughs> dealing with the anxiety for that for that individual self is having a backup plan. Um, you know, doing uh, proactive, positive things before, during, and after work, um, and and not forgetting that you are very important. You are the important one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third aspect of handling um, anxiety. Uh, I mean, some people may have anxiety that is family. Um, it's family born, but it affects everything else in your life. Mm-hmm. And you've got to deal with whatever that is. Because everybody knows, they should know, that if you ignore something, it's not going to go away. All right. I'm just going <laughs> to pretend that it's happened. I'm just, right. just going to pretend that eventually he'll get tired of talking to me about it or she'll get tired of talking to me about <laughs> it. Or, you know, and it's not going to go away. Um, so you have to deal with whatever that is. Um, and if it's affecting your, your life, uh, and it's causing anxiety, then it's something you have to deal with. Because people don't know that um, depressive feelings and anxious feelings cause physical problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cause emotional um, problems as well, uh, psychological problems, but they do cause physical problems. Mm-hmm. You can psych yourself out with just about anything, but you can't get rid of an ulcer just because you don't do anything about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, your blood pressure could go up. Right. You can have a heart attack. Um, you know, like people said, you know, they were um, um, heartbroken. You know, things happen and they were heartbroken. It's because people didn't deal with things and it just piles up and, you know, mm-hmm. built up. Uh, and that's what causes the problem. So it's very important to, to really deal with 
you have to deal with everything, um, mm-hmm. you know, and put it in in order of priority. Um, but you have to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're in um, situations with relationships with people, and you don't want to deal with that. That's fine. But dealing with it also means getting those people out of your life. Right. You know, uh, if you decide you don't want to be with a drug addict, then ignoring the fact that they're doing drugs <laughs> is not going to make things better. Getting them out of your life and not feeling guilty about it mm-hmm. will make you feel better. So, but um, that also goes into um, allowing other people to take responsibility for what's theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and not trying to fix everyone in the world. That would definitely give you a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> and it is, it's kind of like a circuit that will build. Like, uh, I've never had a panic attack up until weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago, but I woke up and I felt like I couldn't breathe. So, what did I do? I got more panicked and was doing worse. So, I mean, like, it just, and Michelle calmed me down, talking to me and rubbing my shoulder and stuff. But yet, you know, it was, I kept making it worse. I compounded it. And I think that's, you know, so many different aspects of our life. If we don't deal with the, what is bothering us, then it does build. And then it's just, you know, it goes beyond, I don't want to see that person on Facebook. I can't even think of their name. Oh my gosh, I can't, I'm going to have to delete them from my phone. I mean, you know, and it just builds to craziness, you know? And, uh, and then you become this little isolated, uh, person stuck in their closet and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Isn't that a shame? Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes it's, you know, this person who has upset you so they don't even know they did anything, you know? Maybe it's just <laughs> they're so relaxed and maybe you told them something that you felt was important and they just were like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, but you're supposed to stand up and give me a hug or whatever, you know? But then, so that builds and then you wind up talking to that person years later and they're like, man, I had no idea. I'm sorry, yeah. but I had no idea. So you've let this thing haunt you um, for, you know, however long. And that's that's your decision. It's kind of like I remember the first time I heard that it takes two people to argue or it takes two people to have a fight or whatever. And I'm like, what? Or, or it takes two people to, um, you know, there's the liar and the person who believes that lie. It's a two-part decision, you know. And I was like, wait a minute. Okay, I guess that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, it's. A lot of people don't think about their participation in these different acts that will bring on anxiety and depression and, and um, you know, and, and uh, poor mental health. Yes. I can't, I can't tell you how many arguments that I could have been in that ended with, you don't have anything to say? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody nope. has to, to not shove back. Somebody <laughs> has to stop at some point in the, in, during the, uh, the the uh, it's not a discussion at that point. So right, not, <laughs> argue with themselves. Yeah, you might get a fine. You know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, we um we have to learn how to deal with um a lot of things and um yeah I have this um, um picture that says um, treat others the way you want to be treated mm-hmm. and I think if we if we think about that you think about if you had if you knew someone who, who were um, they were depressed or mm-hmm. uh, they had anxiety I mean both of those things are going to stand out pretty clearly mm-hmm. um, sometimes depression can be hit but anxiety not so much right um, but if you know someone is struggling with that and you struggle with it yourself um, then you know the signs and symptoms and you can respond to them as such because I've heard people who have been anxious who said about when they weren't anxious, said about other people who were, mm-hmm. uh, what's wrong with them? They can't function. They don't need to be at work. Perhaps it's not the kind of job for them. <laughs> right. You know, I just saw you like a couple months ago, and you were having a really right. <laughs> but people know, forget um, quickly, yeah. don't they? All the grace and mercy they've received, and they yes. don't. They don't give back. You know, they just they just paint with their broad strokes, and you are abnormal. You are bad. You are all these negative, uh, you know, titles that they want to bestow upon these people that are just going through a rough time. Right. Yeah, and that's difficult for some people to um, to see other people to put themselves in other people's shoes mm-hmm. uh, it, it gets rough or to um dish things out but not being able to take it mm-hmm. I can say whatever i want to say and I, how dare you say that to me right. um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
you know, it, uh, it, it, it gets rough. So, but a lot of times people, um, who have anxiety, sometimes they're not always, um, as I've, I've talked about people being, you know, anxious and not being able to function and putting all that on other people. Sometimes when people have anxiety, they, uh, come across as being overly confident. They're kind mm-hmm. of arrogant as well. Yeah. Um, don't want you to know their weaknesses and so you know i always ask for people on the outside looking in to see that maybe their boss is like really uptight because they have their own insecurity Mm -hmm. as well and they have their own anxiety they're dealing with of people judging them and you know feeling responsible um for what's going on but um i remember the first time that i was a supervisor i tried not to be too rough um but i could tell that i was being but a lot of it had to do with my own anxiety of trying to figure out whether or not I was the right fit for that particular position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the people that I got selected over, I thought were very capable, very, I thought they were going to get the job. I mm-hmm. was like, shocked, just like they were. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was like, you know, are they judging me? Are they even listening to me? Um, and so I had to come off being, I felt as though I had to come off being really firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, probably seen more arrogant than anything else. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, I, I had to work on that. <laughs> well, I think, and you can correct me if, if this isn't 100% true, but I think everybody at some point in their lives deals with a fear of failure. And I, and, and like you say, I mean, like, and it's funny how there's some friends of mine that are actual, I mean, like they're really introverts, but yet out in public, they are, you know, I mean like, oh man, they're the light of every party, whatever the saying is. And yet that's simply them putting on an act and they know what they need to do to be able to interact and mingle and, and get new clients and all that stuff. So it's, it's a job. They know how to work it, but yeah, really, they'd much rather be at home and not be out, not talking to anyone because they're not very comfortable. But it's just you have to jump out um, of your comfort zone and make things happen. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Um, mm-hmm. And building confidence is a difficult difficult thing, especially if you do have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it um, is it's difficult. No one's going to give you or say something to you to make you feel good about yourself unless they absolutely adore you. Right. Um, but, they're, you know, but they're not the people that are at work. Right. You know, you sometimes think your family and friends are kind of biased, um, mm-hmm. you know, on your behalf. So it's, it's difficult to accept that. But, you know, some of that comes with time and experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, eventually it'll, you know, it'll do what it needs to do and map itself out. But I guess the big thing is trying to figure out how to deal with that on a day-to-day basis, how to balance that. Um, mm-hmm. And it all goes back to, at least I feel, to self-care mm-hmm. um, and really taking a good look at yourself and seeing yourself for who you really are. Um, and I used to, you know, I used to have this quote that says, know yourself and seek self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing that on your own um, without having to receive, you know, negative feedback. Because unfortunately, people... Um, it was um what was the show I was watching? Oh, here I go, right? Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> I like you rubbing off on Right. <laughs> but it was, um I just watched it I am not sure what season it's on, we just like watched it for the first time. Watched the whole season. Mm-hmm. Don't you love that, right? Right. Watched the whole season in two days. <laughs> um, I think it's called Vice Principles. Mm, I don't know. Was it like a reality show? No, it's on um it's either on Comedy Central or HBO, something like that. Right. But um, it was about these two guys who are vice principals, and I'll make it really short. But anyway, they hired another uh, person to uh, be the principal, and both mm-hmm. of these vice principals wanted to be the principal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did everything to get rid of her. They burned down her house. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, they down her house. They, they, they did all these things. So anyway, eventually they got to know her better, and one of them really, really liked her. And so mm-hmm. she offered them the job to be, like, her second-in-command. Right. They are going to find the other guy, but the two vice principals wanted to really work together. So they cornered her out somewhere, and they told her everything that they did. And she right. said to them, her life has just been miserable, right? She, had, like, was divorcing her husband and coming to live there as a single parent with two kids. Wow. And so her life had been miserable, and so she's like, why would you guys do that? You burned down my house. Like you, you, you know, destroyed my car. You did all these things. Why did you do those things? And one guy said, Oh, because we wanted your job. Right. That was it. So 
what happened? Well, you know, in the end, they asked her to resign because right. uh, she's a recovering alcoholic, and of course, you know, they got oh, her drunk and took some wow. pills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so she resigned, you know, and right. um, it, it went off to that cliffhanger of what's going to happen next season. But I was like, this whole show was about all these horrible things they did to her, right. and I kept thinking of like, why did they do that? And it was just because they wanted her job. Mm-hmm. And there's no guarantee they're going to get the job, but it's just like I don't know you. They they didn't know her. They didn't. They had made the plan even before they met her, mm-hmm. and uh, destroyed her life. Wow. And unfortunately, that hardly happens. That happens in real life. Mm-hmm. And half of the equation is the fact that somebody thinks that not only they could do the job better, but that that job is going to somehow bring them the fulfillment that they've been missing. Yes. That, yeah. That. <laughs> that is exactly it. So they have this notion in their head that one, they deserve it, but two, that it is going to be the be all. Yeah. It's good. This is it. This is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, so not true. Mm-hmm. I don't know so, if you ever watched a uh, Netflix show. The first two seasons are really good. And I've been told by numerous people I need to wade through the third season because the fourth season's really great. But it's House of Cards. And you have Kevin Spacey, who is, I think he's a congressman, and he wants to be the president. So he is going to get up there any way he wants to. And, yeah, I mean, like, he wants the power, and he doesn't care what he has to do to, to get up to – and. It's almost like uh, kind of like, I don't know, it's almost like a video game. If you can imagine the building is burning down, but yet he's going to jump on these rafters that are falling just to get a little bit higher and work his way up towards the top. It, it's crazy. Yeah. But it, like you say, that happens a lot in um, in in the workplace, but especially in the entertainment industry, because everybody is just, no, I could I could do better than Spielberg. That guy's a loser, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. George Lucas, he's crazy, you know? And, and uh, I, I could have done Star Wars. Really? Wait a minute. You weren't even born. You're going to – how's that going to work? You're going to reinvent it? You're going to J.J. Abrams it? I don't know. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true, though. And that yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. But that's how it is because sometimes we get caught up in – um, what's going on in our world mm-hmm. and forget that there are people in the world who just um, do things. They don't, mm-hmm. it's, it's not about you. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. Um, they just, they either one like chaos or they think they could do it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't explain it to you verbally, you know, um, but they definitely, you know, take issues with you. You know, how people say, Oh, you know, um, you ever meet a person you just don't like them? You don't really know why you don't like them, but you just don't like them. And right. you're like, you know, not really. But do you do that? And it's like, yeah. I said, well, <laughs> you. <laughs> so you know, people say you don't understand what I'm saying. I mean, you just don't like them. But why would you just like not like a person? You don't even know them, right? Like you just look like somebody you don't like. Mm, I um, think that's it. Yeah. I think someone has done us wrong. And uh, I, it's, I, this is another TV show. I think it's um, – oh, now I can't even remember the name of it. But anyway, this guy's a sheriff, and he goes to um, ask – you know, question this one suspect in a, a kidnapping, right? And mm-hmm. this lady admits that um, she is – you know, she's ex-military and that this sheriff looks exactly like her sergeant that raped her. So therefore she hates hates all these guys who are strong uh, authoritative kind of um you know uh, men. And so, you know, sometimes I think that's it. I mean, you know, somebody tall and lanky. I remember doing a freelance job for this one company and uh, one of the brothers that owned the company came in and said, um, yeah, I'm just really, fr-. and I, some, for some reason people like talking to me, but anyway, um, so here I'm trying to work on their computer and this guy comes in and says, yeah, you know, man, this is my, my wife's been cheating on with this dude with long hair. I had long hair at the time. And he was like, yeah, about like you. Yeah, this mustache goatee. Oh, yeah, a lot like you. And so anyway, I started feeling uncomfortable because, you know, I didn't want transference. I didn't want his anger coming at me because I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything, man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, that's difficult, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know what else? And this, these are just random things that pop into my head. Um, there is a friend of mine whose dad was going down the road on his motorcycle 
And this lady ran him over because she thought that was his, uh, that she thought that was her ex-husband who had cheated on her. So things need to be dealt with and don't, don't transfer your anger to other people, especially if you're in a uh, car. I think we covered that earlier. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's true. We definitely need to deal with things, but uh, that happens though. It's really sad, but it does happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we have to, yeah. But, and that's all about looking at ourselves too, because all of those are just transparent to the highest. I'm picturing you being very uncomfortable. I can imagine that going, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just like you. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, how many times do we look at somebody and maybe we don't like them um, simply because we see too much of the things we don't like about ourselves in them? Of course. Yeah. I mean, we say all the time in therapy, oh, you know, um, in order to justify a person treating another person in a negative manner, mm-hmm. we tell the person who's being treated poorly, you probably remind them of someone else. But yeah. you know what we don't do? And I'm just thinking about this now, right? I've got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> we don't tell that person who's treating them the, the negative way. Uh-huh. Um, that's not that person. Like, you right. really need to deal yeah. with that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, always, I guess, trying to, um, you know, help the, the victim, but we're not helping the victim by explaining it away. Right. I'm sorry I punched you in the face, but you reminded me of this guy I used to work with, you know. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I think I got some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, the flip of that I have found for me personally, um, when I'm watching a TV show, if there is a character that reminds me of someone positive in my life, you know, anytime over my many years of living, um, or they kind of, you know, like either uh, like they kind of resemble or just their character uh, characteristics or whatever. And I think too, in life sometimes, you know, because you meet somebody new and they they're I haven't met someone that didn't wear at least a sheer mask. You know what I mean? Because, you know, hey, got to keep that wall up to some degree. And um, but anyway, but, you know, you, you're like, ah, I think I like you because you remind me of so-and-so. That's not so-and-so. That could be Hannibal Lecter. You just don't know it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and I know that's an extreme uh, uh, character, but, you know, you never know. I don't know. That new Hannibal that came out that, Ultimately went off the air. Made yeah. Hannibal just seem very sensible. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you watch the TV show? Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> season one and two were were, and I like season three as well. But season three was like this Darren Aronofsky uh, acid trip movie. I mean, it was just so beautiful. And then some of the things that were just, you know, they had a tight shot of whatever or the kaleidoscope uh, scene. Anyway, a lot of a lot of cool stuff, but it, it did go in a completely different direction with the uh, the Red Dragon and all that. So, but yeah, yes. Hannibal Hannibal was just wicked, but yet so charismatic, and you know, <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just glad they stopped that because I was like your your friend and his wife going, should we watch that again? Like, are we waiting for the next season? <laughs> right. <laughs> they canceled it. We were like, that probably was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have that Will Graham character who not only is emotionally scarred by the end of it, but then physically scarred. You know, I mean, all the all the physical damage he has taken. And uh, I think Jake said he drew the line where he was, uh, you know, he was thrown off the train and then got up and walked to town. And he was just like, yeah, that's where it just got really dumb. But (laughs) (laughs) but I imagine you had a different take on the series just based upon your profession and training. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. versus yeah. we were like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, who's more diabolical? Uh, Jack, uh, the Fishburn, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, or Hannibal? I mean, they're both. It's like Will is a pawn. We're going to use him. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. Yeah. Sorry yeah, to pull everything off track, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in the end, it does tie into, um, think about Will having a lot of um, um, anxiety about who he really is and, right. Um, right. you know, what does this really mean to him and, mm-hmm. you know, how is Dr. Bo- Dr. Lecter, um, 
you know, got into his mind and can he reverse that? Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is extreme about dealing with uh, people that you work with or going through your day on a you know daily basis. Uh, they all had their issues um, mm-hmm. of dealing with the outside world and then managing their own stability as well mm-hmm. and getting caught up in that. You know, it is an extreme example, but it's definitely one of those that if you don't manage your depression and your anxiety, you can get caught up in everybody else's world mm-hmm. uh, and cause a whole lot of chaos for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's definitely an example of um, why it's a good idea to balance. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that would have been a short series if Will Graham had just said, "No, that's not healthy for me. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> let anyone play me. I'm just gonna keep teaching right here at the college." So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been short. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of us that are. Um, that are him, you yeah. know, that, are, that are, are will and that are trying to find ourselves. We think we're good um, and we want to do these, you know, wonderful things. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of those jobs that you should have learned early on. It's, maybe right. I should quit. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of kept going and uh, hoping it was going to get better. Yeah. And yeah. it, was, it was always very valiant, uh, Will's motive as far as, well, I must stop this killer. This is a serial killer, right. and I don't want anyone else. So it's almost the Batman mentality where it's like I don't want anyone else to experience what, you know, has happened personally. And, um, you know, it's – but, yeah. And, and two, we also got to see how um, isolation works because I've seen that a lot, especially in this industry. I imagine it's it's a pandemic around the globe, but you have one person who wants to isolate somebody and draw them in, and then they just become you know this enabler, uh, and then they just feed off each other. And that person who used to be you know out there and very sociable, then they become very introverted and they cut everybody off. And it's you know the 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 bad health side of things. Right. Yeah. That, um, and that's kind of, unfortunately, I think the, the uh, worst part of dealing with uh, depression and anxiety is when health is bad. Um, mm-hmm. That's when it's really um, at its worst. It's, you know, reached its peak. Um, mm-hmm. Because then you have to stop um, doing whatever it is you're doing. And right. Because your body, you know, is shut down because physically you've debilitated yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's why it's important to deal with things. Um, you know, maybe another segment kind of being able to recognize when enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're, you know, taking on too much. Um, you know, depression is one of those things. Sometimes anxiety, so anxiety is like the highs and lows and um, where you, you could start out and it goes up really high, but it doesn't last forever. Eventually mm-hmm. you come down, you know, right. uh, situation changes and eventually you come down. Mm-hmm. Um but depression is one of those things that you may not be able to catch because you become so depressed that you can't fix it. You can't think clearly. It just really goes into the to the negative area. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why if you know that you're you're um, if you're prone to uh, depression, depressive thoughts, it's important to find uh, healthy ways to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anxiety you may come down and feel better eventually. Things will happen, but. You know, depression is like don't nobody wants to be around you either. Right. And so you end up being isolated um, because you've shut people out, not even on purpose, but you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you become even more depressed, and you start blaming yourself for that, and uh, it's hard to come out of it um, if you don't have a healthy routine. So mm-hmm. just going back to just you know getting a healthy routine so you can deal with things and letting people around you know um, people that you know you care about and trust know that that sometimes happens so they can help you instead of saying you know what i don't have time for this and i'm gonna leave and um you know because you're stressing me out and i don't need this because i've got to take care of myself you oh, know? right right yeah. <laughs> oh another story but um yeah that, you know that becomes difficult because people have done it you know mm-hmm. they were they were depressed and i didn't want that you know be part of my life and you, know, you left them alone, and then they, you know, did something um, to hurt themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
And sometimes I think those people who are depressed, they are so busy trying to figure out what did, what did I do to end that friendship? What did I do to make these people not want that? Like you say, they're not looking at the big picture depression. They're just simply, oh, what did I say? Surely it wasn't me. What did I offend them? Whatever. And it was just simply, you know, going towards that dark side and, and you know, of depression and not um, not having the friends to help pick them up and and try right. to get them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any closing thoughts? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is um, if you know, if you're aware, and most adults do um, know um, if they're struggling with anxiety or depression, having a healthy routine, mm-hmm. uh, being open up, being able to open up and express your thoughts and your feelings to people that are around you. Um, it may or may not work in work in a work environment, but it'll definitely work, you know, with your home and letting your family know um, what you need to help you get back on track. Um, and, you know, even keeping a journal. Journal sometimes allows you to be able to write down things that cause you anxiety or, you know, push you towards a depressive state. Being mm-hmm. able to go back to that, that journal um, to see your thoughts or to see the situation and even writing down, like, how you dealt with it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really being mindful of who you are as a person and how you need to manage um, your life. If you are, um, you know, at work and have a situation where things are causing you to feel, you know, anxious and overwhelmed, I mean, look inside yourself and see, are you contributing to this? And if you are not, if you really truly believe, but you're on the shadow of a doubt, you are not, then you have to reevaluate um, whether or not that is a job for you. Mm-hmm. I do not believe people... You know, I think there's, you know, I know everyone can't get a job. It's not that easy to get a job, but I do not believe that people should go to work um, if that work causes them to feel uh, anxious, if it causes them to feel depressed, um, because there's no, the money is not going to matter if you're sick, right. um, if, you, if you can't function, um, and if you're taking negative, you know, negative things out on yourself or out on other people that you care about because, you know, you're not happy at work really should seek employment elsewhere mm-hmm. uh, and find a healthy way to do it. Um, but again, it goes, you know, goes to being mindful of who you are, what you're capable of, um, and finding a sense of, of self-awareness to help you find some confidence uh, in what you can and cannot do. Because some people get stuck in a job, they call it a dead-end job, but it's mm-hmm. a job that they feel that they have to do because they don't think they could do anything else. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I know on um, Facebook, again, but... Um, <laughs> Somebody posted on Facebook um, to their friends and family, can you write down a word that describes me? Mm-hmm. Uh, then another thing was like, can you write down a phrase that describes me? Uh, can you tell why you care about me? Um, those same, I mean, people do it. I don't know if they do it for fun or whatever, but right. people do those same things to get feedback from people that they trust mm-hmm. um, to see, you know, how right. they are trained. Um, and to use that, you know, and, you know, honestly, don't ask anybody if you give a bunch of negative things, but right. definitely somebody who's going to answer you honestly. Right. You know, um, and so, you know, getting feedback from those people that you care about and really, um, considering those things. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, that's a takeaway. It's a very difficult thing to be able to, to balance things when you have, um, um, you know, anxiety or depression It's difficult to balance life, whether you have it or not, but when you have it, it's. You know, it's it's rough, um, but you have to think about yourself first so you can be healthy. Um, and you know, for those in the helping profession, I can't stress it enough: you can't help anyone if you need help. Mm, truth. Yep. Yep. So you got to You have to figure out a way to manage whatever's going on with you so that you can't help other people. So. Mm-hmm. And everybody can be helped. I think. Yes, everybody can. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are just like. I, I'm too far gone or, or my life is too far upside down, but I just, I believe that everybody is, uh, you know, within the boundaries of, of help and please seek it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been a fun topic and I'm sure everybody will enjoy listening to it. And, um, if you liked, this is to the listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast uh, episode, please go back and listen to the rest there. Um, I'll be posting the links on Twitter again and you can go check them out and hopefully they'll be uh, helpful to you in your life. Thank you. And one other thing.
thing I meant to say, because uh, you were talking about, you know, journaling. And it's, for me, I don't keep a journal. Now, my grandmother did. And I mean, like, I could say back in 77, what were you doing the night that Star Wars was released? And normally she was cooking dinner for my grandfather. But she would tell exactly, you know, like I made corn pudding fresh biscuits, whatever, you know what I mean? And she can tell me who she saw that day, all because it was in her journal. I keep a gratitude journal. And so, and I try to put some, put something in there every day. But I mean, that helps me sometimes when things just feel like they're going so far south or whatever. And when you can look at all the good things that you do have in your life, then sometimes that can be, you know, kind of a good salve to help that, help you get over those hurdles in life. Yes, absolutely. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts. While Dr. Nicola is a psychotherapist and certified life coach, a podcast is a one-way street. So please consider this podcast for inspirational purposes only. If you feel you have mental health needs, please seek a professional therapist so that you might find your own mental wellness. Happiness is possible.